This podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode to learn more about how you can join me for these live virtual events. Welcome to the virtual healing circle with me, Jen Fable of LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight I want to talk to you about the skill set of intimacy and connection. There's a lot of people out there talking about intimacy and connection as concepts, as these things that are good to bring into your life. And I find not a lot of people are telling you what to actually do. How do you actually do that? What does intimacy and connection look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? So my job tonight is to introduce you to the skill set of intimacy so you can start to bring this into every relationship everywhere in your life. So why is this important? This is important because every relationship that you have, romantic or otherwise, is going to be enhanced by deeper intimacy and connection. We tend to think that intimacy has to do with romantic relationships. And there are many people who feel disconnected from their kids, disconnected from their friends, disconnected from their life. When we close off our heart to feel safe, we often end up feeling quite lonely. This is important because not knowing how to create that intimacy will not only leave you feeling lonely, but unloved. And this is important because many relationships that break down can be saved simply by adopting the skill set of intimacy and connection. There's a really cool article I found once, and I can't seem to find my way back to it, because thank you, Google Universe. And it was talking about a man who went in to see a couples therapist. And he said, you know, I really love my wife, and I, I love this person, I'm choosing to be with her, but I just don't feel any kind of connection. The therapist said, that's great, you love her, you've chosen her, and you, you want to be with her, but this love that you talk about, are you good at it? Are you good at loving the people in your life? And a lot of us aren't really taught how to be good at it. And so we bumble our way through doing the best we can. And sometimes it pans out and sometimes it does not. So if intimacy is this thing that we all want, why does it feel so hard? Well, one, we're not taught how to do it. Two, we tend to choose safety and comfort over intimacy. Intimacy, by very definition, requires us to be vulnerable. It requires us to share a piece of ourselves with another person. And oftentimes we'll choose the safety behind our walls over the vulnerability of intimacy. Intimacy feels hard sometimes because we allow fear or anger to have a say in our decisions. You have a lot of voices in your head. That's part of being human. And not every voice in your head deserves your attention. Not every voice in your head deserves a say in all of your decisions. Some of those voices are just noise. They're static. They're meaningless things that just meander around our brains. They're not meant to have a say in our decisions. And so sometimes the fear and the anger can get in the way of intimacy. And intimacy feels hard because we tend to put up walls. Because we think if we don't, we're going to completely lose ourselves to the people around us. So what is intimacy. We talk about this thing and what is it exactly? So at its heart, intimacy is a process of sustainable rapport. 
Now, rapport is something I talk about extensively in my training, and what it basically is is that magical place where you feel that connection with another person, get that warm, fuzzy sensation where you just click with them and you can see yourself spending more time with them, romantic or otherwise. So rapport is this idea that you like what is like you, and you're attracted to people that are agreeable and are like you. And when we are in a relationship with someone, romantic or otherwise, the intimacy is created by this sustained place of rapport, this sustained place of being with each other and creating this magical sensation. Intimacy is a safe place where the sharing of your physical, your mental, and emotional closeness is not only permitted, it's encouraged. And intimacy is a mutual vulnerability. It's mutual openness. It's mutual sharing. It's multiple people coming together and saying, hey, I am going to allow you in, knowing that I have no control over what you do with that choice and that you could hurt me. And also knowing that I know how to protect myself and I'm going to allow myself to safely and with boundaries, without walls, allow someone in to share my space. Now, when it comes to intimacy, most of us think about sex. We think about romantic relationships, we think about physical touch, and there's actually four other types of intimacy. There's emotional intimacy. This happens when we share our thoughts and feelings authentically, candidly, as ourselves. There's intellectual intimacy. This comes from the comfort of communicating beliefs and viewpoints without worrying about conflict. When you and the other person just jive and are on the same page, there's an intellectual intimacy there. There's experiential intimacy. This is why if you come to retreats, you end up with private jokes, shared memories, things that you have only with that other person. And there's an experiential intimacy there. Even if you've only known these people for three or four days, there's a connection that happens and it lasts. And then there's spiritual intimacy. This is where you share poignant moments with another person. So intimacy is not just something that is for the bedroom with that one special person in your life. Intimacy is something you are meant to create with everyone around you, with all people in your life. Now, when it comes to being intimate, what we're really talking about is being vulnerable. And this is why so many of us struggle with intimacy, because being vulnerable and not having boundaries will leave you feeling uber, uber feely. And if you need a recap of how to do boundaries, we talked about that two circles and podcasts ago. The problem is that when we shut down our vulnerability, the good news is, is that it prevents us from being hurt, but it also hides us behind this shield that protects us from love, from intimacy, from connection. And so we'll feel safe. We won't be prone to getting hurt by others. But we also can't let them in. We also can't feel that intimacy and connection. And so if you want intimacy, you have to learn how to be vulnerable. Not unsafe, not without any boundaries, because your wants, needs, and desires are important. But in a healthy way. Intimacy and vulnerability both come to us through the same door. So when we close it to one, we close it to all. Without vulnerability, though, you can't have intimacy. Intimacy is into me you see. That requires letting someone see you. In all your messy humanness, there is nothing more vulnerable. And when we know that we can keep ourselves safe, it's a beautiful process. And vulnerability is the courage to remain open to experiences, people, and situations that we cannot manipulate or control. Hence why we don't like it all the time. <laughs> now, there are a lot of people who talk about the skill set of intimacy, and my favorite one 
is actually Laura Doyle, who is a relationship coach. She is an author. She wrote the book, The Empowered Wife, which used to be called The Surrendered Wife. And then she found a lot of women were being triggered by the word surrender. So she republished it as The Empowered Wife. Uh, and basically, this book is about setting boundaries with yourself. It's about teaching you the how-to of intimacy. And while she originally wrote it specifically for women who were in struggling relationships, I have recommended this book to people who are not in relationships, people who are struggling with their kids, um, people of all genders, all sexualities, all identifications, I think find a lot of surprising insight in a book that teaches you how to set up boundaries with yourself and show up in the world in alignment with how you want to. And at its heart, that's what this book is about. Now, in this book, she talks about the six intimacy skills, which she has identified as self-care, gratitude, receiving, respect, relinquishing control, and being vulnerable. Now, the, how she came about finding this information is she started looking at couples who just naturally seem to have this thing, this intimacy, and people who are in close long-term, healthy, thriving relationships do this naturally. And some of us weren't taught this, so some of us have to go through and add this into our lives. And, you know, holla. So let's go through this one by one. So self-care. The first step in bringing intimacy into your world has nothing to do with another person. Hey, how about that? It's all about you. It's all about taking care of you. You have to light up your own soul. You have to know how to make yourself happy. There is no one person in your life who is meant to be your confidant, your partner, the breadwinner, your therapist, your best friend, your lover, all simultaneously. It's a big burden to bear. You are meant to have multiple people in your life who serve different purposes, and you are designed to learn how to make your own self happy. And so the first step of intimacy is learning how to make your own self happy, how to do self-care, how to do things on a regular basis that light up your soul how to add frivolous fun into the most mundane moments of life. It's why I have my stuffed unicorn on my lap during most circles. And yes, he's with me right now. Your job is to learn to do at least three things a day that light up your soul, that bring a smile to your face and make you happy. People like to label all sorts of things as self-care. I went to the dentist, it's self-care. Did it bring a smile to your face and make you happy? No, then bullshit, it's not self-care, it's taking care of yourself. If it doesn't make you smile, if it doesn't light up your soul, if it doesn't make you feel happy, then it's not self-care. So you need to do three things every day, and it can be little things, like a nice cup of herbal tea, or your favorite scented candle. It could be big things, like taking off for the weekend. It's up to you, and you need to build this into your life, otherwise you're showing up empty to all your relationships. And that's not the place where intimacy begins. Number two, people who create intimacy in their world share and express gratitude like a pro. We all have gratitude journals where we write down in our journal about what we're grateful for. We have gratitude vision boards where we talk about all the things in our life we're grateful for. And how often do we use our voice and say it out loud to the people in our life? Not as often as we probably could. And so according to Laura Doyle, you are aiming to say at least three things to every single person every single day that you want to have a deeper connection with. That means three things to your partner, three things to your kids, three things to your friends, anyone in your life. You want to show appreciation and it has to be actual appreciation, no passive aggressive digs. 
And you want to say, I appreciate instead of thank you. When someone gives you something, you say thank you because you're thanking them. When you're expressing gratitude, you want the focus to be on your appreciation. I appreciate versus thank you. So you want to say to whoever is important in your life, three times a day, I really appreciate that you cleaned up the dishes in the sink. I really appreciate that you refilled the toilet paper holder. I really appreciate that you wiped out the microwave. I really appreciate that you wiped the snow off my car. I really appreciate that you gave me a hug. I really appreciate that you picked up your socks. Three things every day to every person in your life that you want to create a deeper connection with. Expressing this appreciation regularly makes you more attractive to people around you, which means you're more safe to the people around you, which means they're going to want to connect with you. Number three, this is where you get to say thank you. This is learning how to receive with grace. If someone offers you something, if someone honors a request of yours, you say thank you. You show appreciation for their thoughtfulness, even if what they did didn't quite meet your standards. If after the fact at another time you need to give some feedback, you can use the feedback sandwich. And when someone offers you something, a compliment, a gift, some input, some insight, say thank you. When we don't receive with grace, the opposite of receiving is rejection. And it gives the overall message of, I don't accept you. Respect. Aretha Franklin was right. It really is all about R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Respect is the currency of relationships. And so intimacy happens when you respect that someone else has a different need than yours. Someone else has different opinions than yours. This one's all about boundaries, 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 or what Laura Doyle calls staying in your own lane. It is disrespectful to tell someone that their ideas are stupid just because they're not what you believe. It is disrespectful to tell someone that they're not allowed to feel what they feel. You are allowed to use your voice, and you are also allowed to do it in a respectful way. And this is where you can use the magic formula, which we talked about in the Boundaries podcast and circle, so you can get a recap from two episodes ago. So you need to be respectful in your relationships. You need to have boundaries. Sorry, can't get off the hook from boundaries. They show up everywhere. Five, relinquish control. This is where Zen is found. We talk about the art of surrender. This is why the book was originally called The Surrendered Wife. And then most people started to interpret surrender as bowing down in servitude, as opposed to surrender as in just letting go, allowing the universe to surprise you, instead of fighting to be right. In your relationships, practice saying whatever you think. Not every single time, not to every question that's being asked, because that's annoying. <laughs> And how often do you empower the other person to make a decision in your life? This one's often very important, especially between parents and kids when the kids are transitioning from childhood into a more adult mentality. We call it the teenage years. Empowering them to make some decisions. I've worked with a lot of partners where one partner's like, well, I have to ask them every single thing because if I make the wrong choice, they get upset with me. So the other person's job is to create space for both opinions to exist. So practicing whatever you think. Should I do this or this? Whatever you think. I trust you. When you show trust and faith in the other person, it builds intimacy. It builds connection. And it allows some space for the other person to move towards you. Because an intimate relationship meets in the middle. 
And finally, you need to express your vulnerability. Laura Doyle says that complaints are lazy desires, that everywhere there is a complaint, you can actually find deep, deep, deep within a desire that is hiding under whining. And that's a hard truth to swallow. And when I think about it, it does have a lot of truth in it. So instead of saying something like, oh my gosh, it's so freaking hot in here, I'm going to melt. There's a complaint and is valid. What would happen if you stated it as a desire? I would love to cool off. Not only is it more empowering for you, it's also a lot more vulnerable. You're allowing yourself to be known. You're allowing yourself to know yourself. It empowers you to give voice to your needs and allows others to get to know more about your inner world. It's what intimacy is all about. You can express your vulnerability by saying, I would love as often as possible. Those of you who are in the Live Life Unbroken group on Facebook know we did a challenge around this. I would love a unicorn named Tom. I would love a foot massage. I would love a mint smarty blizzard from Dairy Queen because they're delicious. The more you say I would love, the more you give voice to your inner world and put it out there. And that's vulnerable. When I say I would love a unicorn named Tom, there's a possibility someone in my life is going to be like, that's stupid. And I give voice to my wants and desires because I deserve to give them a voice. And expressing your vulnerability is also about knowing that sometimes you don't have to get into it with every single person. If someone is being insensitive, you can simply say, ouch. Ouch allows you to be vulnerable without having to go on the offense or the defense. So your intimacy cheat sheets. In a nutshell, here's all you need to do. Do things every day that light up your soul, that make you smile, that bring joy into your world. Say, I appreciate as much as you can to the people in your life. Say thank you when they offer something to you. Use the magic formula to get your wants and needs heard. Use the feedback sandwich to offer feedback to the people around you. Let go of control. Say whatever you think. Empower the people in your life to make decisions for you. If you have too many balls in the air because you're juggling all of them, put some down. Let other people take care of it. And say, I would love. Be vulnerable. Give voice to what you need. When you do these things, intimacy will follow you. So some key concepts to remember. Remember that intimacy is about letting people in. It's about choosing vulnerability over comfort. Remember that intimacy is more than just sex. It's something you can create and should create in every single relationship, everywhere in your life. What would happen if you created an intimate moment with the person who gives you coffee? These are fellow human beings on a journey. Let them in. And remember that giving yourself permission to know and share your wants and needs and desires is how you allow yourself to feel seen and heard and understood. And as always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. Being vulnerable feels vulnerable. <laughs> Choosing vulnerability over comfort is scary. And it comes with some feels. Just decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. And that's always the decision that will take you to the next step. And as always, if you have any questions about anything from tonight's circle or podcast, please know you can always reach out to me through my website at www.livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. I just want to say that um, I, I went through some traumatic stuff a few years ago. And all of that stuff is important, but it really needs to start with self-care. 
And until you've gotten that skill underneath your belt, it's really hard to get the other ones going. Absolutely. So I just wanted to say that. Yes. No, that's very important. Thank you for that reminder. That's why self-care is number one on the list. Once we get to number six, we have to be vulnerable. If we're not lighting up our own soul, if we're not taking care of our own heart, it won't feel safe to be vulnerable. Before we get to vulnerability, we have to first have self-care. We have to have boundaries. We have to be expressing appreciation. This is going outward. Before we allow people in, we have to set up some stuff. And number one has to be self-care. And part of self-care could be doing things like shadow work. This is why I start every circle with, I shine my light so bright, I ignite the light in others. That is literally the first step of intimacy, of connection, of everything. So yes, absolutely. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for reminding um, about the I appreciate. And then I remember you saying thank you, like people don't think thank you a lot because like it's a generic thing to say. So thank you for that reminder. <laughs> my pleasure my pleasure yeah thank you has a place right there's i appreciate and thank you are two different steps in the intimacy skills right so yeah. thank you someone offers me something i say thank you because i'm thanking you but if i notice someone doing something i'm saying i appreciate so they didn't get an insight into how i'm feeling yeah and i think it does feel well like, like feel good when somebody says anything that like encourages you know, like that appreciates them <laughs> nice. And that's when you can combine two and say, thank you. I appreciate your thoughtfulness. You can get like a two for one deal on that one. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, cool. I know. A two for. Do you want to learn more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time? If so, check out livelifeunbroken.com slash circle and join my free circle membership. Receive weekly reminders, bonus material and recaps, plus special offers, as well as access to my weekly virtual healing circles. If you're ready to leave behind the fears and limitations of the ego and step into the spiritual life you've long known is waiting for you, you're invited to join me, Jen Fable, for a soul-nourishing journey into the exploration of you, the universe, and all space in between. During our time and circle together, I will share with you all the tips and tricks you need to make playing with energy fun, easy, and most of all, effective. We'll open the space with a candle meditation, and after I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation, and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If your soul has been calling out to you and you're ready to tune in and listen, go to www.livelifeunbroken.com circle and register today for your Zoom access information. That's www dot l i v e l i f e u n b r o k e n dot com backslash circle c i r c l e. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.